What's up, everybody? How we doing today? Yes, you got it right. You did see the Gripe Session is back. We're live. We are back on the air. And today's episode is actually was recorded a long time ago. Um, and I just, quite frankly, haven't had the time um, or the dedication to really put it forward. And uh, it's a very good episode because it talks to one of the people, the movers and shakers of the real estate business. Uh, a member of the NAR senior staff, Mr. Bill Melkazian. He's one of the government affairs directors for the National Association of Realtors. And Bill's going to come on today and he's going to tell you guys and girls about what NAR is doing and what their focus is, is this year as well as the next coming year. Hope you guys enjoy. It's Gripe Session Time with your host, George Wanaka. It's about nothing. Discussing everything from real estate, current events, a little bit of everything, and the annoying little things that just tick you off. You can't handle the truth. What? 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 You didn't know. Here's your host, George Wanaka. But I call somebody. Welcome, everybody, to today's edition of The Gripe Session. I am your host, George Wanaka, and I am very fortunate enough to bring you guys and girls uh, a very good friend of mine. He is Mr. Bill Malkazian of the National Association of Realtors. Bill, tell The Gripe Session what's up. Hey, everybody. How are you? Thank you for having me. And uh, I come from the swamp of Washington, D.C., because that's where I'm located. So we're... (laughs) We're to be on this uh, this event, and I uh, hope to share a little about myself and what's going on in D.C. with NAR. Great, great, Bill. We appreciate you uh, coming on as a guest today. Bill, tell it, tell the listeners and and guys and girls that'll watch this potentially on YouTube or any of the social medias. Uh, tell them exactly what you do. You know what your position is there at NAR. Who you kind of took over for? Uh, just give us a little bio on yourself, if you don't mind. Sure, happy to do that. Um, Long story short, let me give you my career. Uh, I'm sort of, as someone said, a lifer with organized real estate. I was the uh, CEO of the Wisconsin Realtors Association for 35 years. So I have a lot of experience with association management. And then in 2012, the famous $40 dues increase was passed to to fund the Realtor Party Program. And uh, my nickname became $40 Bill because <laughs> I was brought on by Dale Stinton as I left Wisconsin to travel the country and sell and roll out the Realtor Party program for about five years. And then our new CEO, Bob Goldberg, was uh, selected in August of 17. And as you know, there's been a lot of restructuring done at NAR within the staff. And he asked me to come on board and basically redesign the Washington office of NAR. So what we mean by that is that uh, we had two divisions. Uh, One was the Community Political Affairs Division. The other was the Government Affairs Division. Uh, We had some folks that have been here a long time getting ready to retire. And uh, he asked me to put the two groups together of about 35 people. So now I am the Chief Advocacy Officer. And in the last 16 months, that's pretty much what I've been doing, blending basically three floors of the NAR Washington building into one powerful, very effective advocacy group, which consists of the Realtor Party programming, all of the lobbying of NAR, all of the policy of NAR, all of the RPAC fundraising, the RPAC disbursement, 
we are basically $67 the $150 dues that you paid NER. Okay, great. Appreciate that. And for those of uh, you guys and girls that have never been down to Washington, D.C. And, and, and checked out the NER building, it's really, really a nice place. Um, and, and, and a great job was done on that as well. Um, so, so, Bill, you know, while I got you on for a couple minutes, um, if you wouldn't mind telling everybody, what, what are our main priorities? Everybody talks about we have all have legislative priorities and obviously things uh, as our PACOs, you know, that we want to promote from a realtor party perspective as realtors in general. What right now, with all of the stuff going on in Washington, D.C., what are some of our main priorities from a realtor organization? Uh, what are we working on at this point? Yeah. Great question. And uh, we actually go out and we survey our members every year, in fact, more than once a year, to find out how they feel. One of the challenges you have at NER is we're a very, very big country. And California doesn't think the way Iowa does, and Iowa doesn't think the way Georgia does, and New York doesn't think the way Wisconsin does. And we have uh, commercial people and property managers and salespeople and brokers. So when you really think about our priorities, it, it is not a real long list because otherwise we get too much in the weeds. So what do I mean? Uh, what the survey basically told us was the, uh, the whole uh, GSE issue of making sure we have a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. As we have uh, two groups in conservatorship right now, Freddie and Fannie, we want to make sure that we have financing. So that's probably one of our highest priorities that we have this year. Second is infrastructure. Even though it looks like sometimes they can't get the job done in Washington, infrastructure is a huge issue for our members. Bridges, roads, highways, development, because if you don't have that, you don't have good real estate sales. Um, we have mortgage debt forgiveness and a few other little tax extenders that we need to deal with. They go back from uh, four or five years ago. Those are very high up. Uh, the association healthcare plan issue, which we can talk about a little deeper, yeah. uh, which is actually a rule of the Department of Labor, is very, very high for us. So in, in general, uh, even though Congress is not doing a lot right now because it's sort of a divided uh, body of government, uh, those are interesting. And the HR Equality Act, making sure that Americans have uh, access to housing. So that's pretty much where we are right now, uh, uh, halfway through this congressional session. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, definitely one of the things that it's funny when, uh, you know, some of my colleagues that, that I meet online and through the social networks, when they find out that I'm, I'm involved with NAR and heavily involved in NAR, the, the one main thing that they keep coming back to me with um, is why is it that at a million members strong that we are one of the only places when you have unions are able to offer health plans and other organizations able to offer health plans, why can't NAR offer something along the lines of a health plan like some of these other big corporations do? Can you speak about that a little bit? Because it's a question that I get asked probably all the time. And, and as I've promised people, I definitely will bring it up. So feel no, free. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very understandable and logical question. However, when you start to dig in the weeds and really figure out who we are, we're not as, as simple as 1.3 million members because we survey our people. And last year, when the Department of Labor came out with these new rules, basically mm -hmm. about 15 years ago, we went into the field and we did four or five focus groups and we did some very intensive surveying of our members. And we found much to 
I'm not sure our surprise, but the reality in that is about 84% of our members already have health insurance. They pay for it either through a spouse, a partner, or, or themselves, and the level of insurance that they get oftentimes can be from a public employee union, a teacher's union, or a private uh, carrier. So when we ask the question of, you know, if NAR could create a national plan, what would move you from your existing plan? It was very obvious. A, I want to have as much coverage as I have now, and B, it's got to be cheaper or I'm not moving. So when you really think about the pool, the pool isn't 1.3 million members. The pool is probably about 200,000 members that are looking or searching for health care that they don't really have, and that's not a very big pool. In fact, actually 1.3 million isn't a pool because you make the assumption that automatically everybody's going to get it because it'd either be a member service. The other thing that we found is the independent contractor world is a challenging world in healthcare. Uh, even though these labor rules allow us to happen, there's a disadvantage at the federal level than there is at the local or state level. So let me explain. At the federal level, we cannot combine our membership with other groups. So let's say we wanted to make a $10 million, $10 million size group. So we'd move the bankers, the mortgage bankers, the builders, the realtors. You're not allowed to do that outside your membership class at the federal level. Whereas at the local level or the state level, you're allowed under rules to merge your members with other groups, chamber of commerce, apartment association, builders. So what we're finding is more success at the local and state level than we are at the national level. There's not many insurance companies that are willing to take on a group our size of independent contractors for the whole country. However, they're willing to take on a state like Tennessee, who's done a fabulous job, Nevada that's done a fabulous job, or the Baldwin Board of Realtors in Alabama that's done a fabulous job with a small group because they want to enter markets at that level, not at the national level. So yes, we're continuing and then they add a little more drama to the story. Uh, what people don't remember is, is that 14 attorney generals sued the Department of Labor, and a liberal court in Washington, D.C. agreed with them to basically say, you can't offer these programs unless your state legislature is authorized these programs to exist. So, and what's the reason for that? All, by the way, Democratic attorney generals is because they see HAPs to be a threat to Obamacare. And by the way, a lot of our members are in Obamacare, so I don't want to be disparaging about that. Sure, but the sure. Democrats that as, as a as a problem that if this is successful, it will hurt that particular program. So it's this is fraught with a lot more issues than just 1.3 million members being part of the group. So it's is a lot of things, unfortunately, that we have to deal with nowadays. Politics, unfortunately, sometimes plays right into the role of things that we would want to get done because not, not about necessarily the membership, but it's more about the politics of this is somebody's signature legislation. If we allow something like this to happen, then it's going to knock that out of the potential box, for, so to speak. So um, never necessarily a good thing, but it is what it is as the expression goes. Um, one of the things that, that I just recently, I was teaching a class yesterday, Bill, and, and one of the things that I always talk to people about is, is the importance for RPAC, not just for issues like this, but for issues such as things like flood insurance and the fact that, um, you know, what we need this nowadays to have a seat at the table. Um, and people look at PACs and they, they think of them all in a negative light. Could you give us just a real brief description of how investing in RPAC is, is one of the best things that a realtor potentially could do, not just for their business, but also for their clients? 
Well, let me um, let me try it a different way with you, and that is, let's go back to the term realtor party. The realtor party is actually an inward-facing program. When we, we don't, and I'll get to your answer in a second here, we don't go to the Hill and say, hey, we're with the realtor party. We go to the Hill and we say we're with the National Association of Realtors, just like any other trade group. The reason I raise the question is, is that to be a successful realtor, we encourage three things. We want you to act, so if a call to action comes out on flood insurance, by the way, that's another issue right now that's hot, we'd like you to respond and talk to your elected official about that. We'd like you to vote. About 85% of our members are registered to vote. We'd like you to vote in, uh, for hopefully realtor champions. We don't tell you, we give you advice, but that's your choice. And the third is invest. That's the question you're asking, and that is, as a professional in the business, somebody who's different than just a real estate licensee, you have a commitment to home ownership, to property transfer, leasing, ownership. And one of the ways to exercise that is to have mass, financial mass, that allows us to contribute in the electoral process like everybody else does, either individually or by group, to help elect people who are sympathetic to the cause of ownership of property. And I think the point about the Realtor Party in our package we are, first of all, the largest business pack in the country. We are secondarily the number one most bipartisan pack in the country, meaning it's a 54-46, 52-48, based on who they are, what they are, voting records, a lot of other issues. So um, if you're extreme partisan and you only want to give the one side of the aisle, that's not how we work. If you're an extreme on the other side of that, that's not how we work. And so, um, we get about 38% of our members that contribute, higher in some parts of the country than others, but the reality of it is if you're not there, you're at the table, and you'll be eating at the table. So that's why we're there. But I think our members expect. Exactly. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, like I said, I was going through RPAC yesterday with a couple of people, and, you know, somebody put their hands up, and they said to me, they said, you know, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a D or I'm an R or whatever it happens to be, and, that's, you know, well, I don't want to be told to who to give money to. And I said, we don't tell anybody who to give money to. We make recommendations as to that. I, you know, once you get to uh, the levels of our pack where I donate, um, you have a choice of who you can donate your investment to. Or let me rephrase it, who you can put your investment to, not donate, but um, who you can make that to. There are some uh, elected officials that I would never give that money to they're on our list and that's fine. That's just my prerogative, but I'm able to through the uh, NAR and through the um, uh, votes and uh, pack, I'm able to direct my contribution to who I want to direct my contribution to. And if there's an elected that I don't care for, then I don't, you know, invest, put my investment towards that individual. So um, I'm, I'm glad you, you definitely, um, talked about that today, and, and, and I, that's what I keep telling. It's not a D, it's not an R, but wait a minute. No, it actually is an R. It's the realtor R, the realtor party, um, and that's the people that we go that we help support, the people like whether it's a Democrat, Republican, conservative, independent, um, or whatever other parties that are out there. There's so many of them out there right now. So whoever it is, as long as they're helping to support our issues, that's who we invest in. So I appreciate your, uh, your, your candor on that. Um, real quick, because I don't want to take too much time uh, of your time today, because I know you're out there working for, for you know, 1.2 million, 1.3 million plus members today. So I do appreciate the couple minutes and I don't want to keep you a long time. 
The one question I am going to ask you that I ask everybody on this podcast and, and subsequent okay. films is if there is one thing, okay, that, that Bill Malkazian always wants to gripe about. What do I mean by gripe about? What's the one thing that ticks Bill off to the point goes, what are these people thinking about? Uh, what's that one thing that, that Bill Malkazian likes to gripe about? I, uh, I like to gripe about the fact that I don't have a way to, in real time, talk directly to 1.3 million members with a message. It is, it is, realtors are all over the place, like we were talking before. Some yep. are very sophisticated technologically, some don't read, some want more. And so I'd like to be able to find a uniform way so that anytime I snap a button or a click, I could get the most recent and most relevant information to a realtor to help them do their business. And unfortunately, we try in many different ways, and we do a lot of really good things, but sometimes we just can't get our message out. So that's what I would like. That's really cool. That's I tell you what, that might be one of the best gripes I think I've heard so far. So that that's Bill Malkazian's gripe. That's actually a good one. I like that one. Can't get everybody you want to get to get the message out to. But that's unfortunately the way that this, uh, this world uh, goes nowadays, but it is what it is. Bill, I really want to thank, take the time to thank you for taking the time out today uh, for appearing on the gripe session and taking a couple minutes out of your busy day down there in D.C. God, Lord knows we're always out there. You guys are out there looking to see what's coming down the pike and how it's going to affect us. So on behalf of 1.3 million members, I, we appreciate you. I appreciate you for coming on the gripe session today. And uh, thank you very much once again. All right. You bet. Have a great day. Well, that's it from my interview with Mr. Bill Malkazian. I hope you guys and girls enjoyed that. Um, please follow me on the social medias on Instagram at George S. Wanaka. Also, follow the Gripe Session podcast. We are on Instagram. We'd love to hear some topics that you guys want us to, uh, to talk about. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook. There's the Gripe Session podcast Facebook page. As well as any other social media that you think that we might be on, we're probably on it. So that that's all for today. Check out next week's edition of the Gripe Session, and we will hope to see you soon. Stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Gripe Session. Please follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.